There's 50% of America's net worth is tied into high-end primary homes, private equity businesses, and commercial real estate. So two of those three do not qualify for the 1031. But guess what? The Deferred Sales Trust does, okay? So we can sell, move it to the Deferred Sales Trust, and then they can use those funds to go back into real estate. What's going on, guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're talking with Brett Swartz from Capital Gains Tax Solutions. We're talking about a different option from the 1031 exchange or how to save a 1031 exchange using the Deferred Sales Trust. You probably don't know about this. The Deferred Sales Trust, not the Delaware Statutory Trust. I had not heard about this before and we get into why that is and this is going to get more popular. The 1031 exchange used to not be popular. Now everybody knows about it. Now the Deferred Sales Trust is going to be the next thing that's going to help people defer their capital gains taxes and really optimize their tax strategy when selling basically any asset and reinvesting in seems like pretty much whatever you want. I had never heard of this before and I, uh, I may be a convert. This is a great education. So if you're somebody out there, you're thinking about 1031 exchanging and but you're looking at a big capital gains tax bill, the Deferred Sales Trust might be for you, but you'd need to listen to this information first. And it's not just selling real estate, it's selling businesses. This is an option for selling businesses. I didn't know that, but here you have an option to sell a business, sell stock, sell something where you have a big capital gain, big capital gains tax bill, and you want to defer that and potentially defer it forever. This is a great option. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm still learning this and you're going to learn right alongside me with Brett Swartz. For those of you who are new to the show, this is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals, the show where we set the real estate world on fire. We talk about the topics and talk with the experts from the fire movement and from the real estate investing world to combine those two to help you achieve the financial goals that you have, whatever they are. Also, for those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. This is a huge topic. There are folks out there facing huge capital gains tax bills, particularly at this time where the market is high and they're expecting it to be low again. This is an option for you, but you got to listen. You got to understand the Deferred Sales Trust and Brett Swartz is going to do that for you today. Without any further ado, here we go with Brett Swartz from Capital Gains Tax Solutions. Brett, thank you for joining us today. Taylor, thanks for having me. Thrilled to talk with you. I think this is such an important topic that always seems to come up on like bigger pockets, real estate investing forums. But before, you know, I don't want to bury the lead too much, but uh, before we get into that, can you tell us about what you do and your background? Sure. Yeah. So most high net worth individuals and those who own commercial real estate, they struggle with capital gains tax and it's somewhere between 30 and 50% of their gain when they go to sell their high end primary home, commercial real estate or business. And we use a deferred sales trust, not to be confused with the Delaware statutory trust to eliminate the need for the 1031 exchange. And so they can buy at optimal timing and so they can create and preserve more wealth. So I actually started out in my career at 2006 at a company called Marcus Similichap, helping people buy and sell investment property here in Northern California. And at the time, it was good times. You know, it's kind of like pre-COVID times. The market was up, you know, things were going great and everyone was, you know, in a pretty good spirit. But we kind of knew it was the, it might've been the peak of the market. 
And, you know, over the next couple of years, you saw things unfold where people got absolutely uh, clobbered because they had overpaid for 1031 deals that they shouldn't have been buying at that point. And they kind of knew it, right? But they felt like they had no other choice. And so um, during that time period as well, I'm, I'm newly married, just trying to make it in the business and a, a daughter at home. And I'm going, you know what? I want to be the one who provides for my family. I want to be able to make it in the business. I love the business. But people went from making, you know, next to, I was barely making it to making like zero, literally like everything just stopped. And so I did what every good entrepreneur does and they go get a side hustle and a side job and they, you know, they figure out a way to make it work, right? To keep their dream alive. And so I worked at Cheesecake Factory on the weekends and I worked basketball tournaments on the weekends. But by day, I'd be making phone calls at Marcus and Millichap, but I had the same tie on that I would go at Cheesecake Factory, the same tie on at night. And it was a struggle and it was humbling to say the least. I was used to being very successful in college. I had two degrees and a minor and I played basketball and scholarship. So I was very competitive. And uh, people are telling me, go get a real job, go figure it out. Otherwise, how are you going to support your family and all of these types of things? But I just kept persevering. I love I loved the business and I love what I was learning. And in, I don't know if you ever had those moments when you're sitting down and all of a sudden you learn something new and it changes everything. Well, that's what happened in 09. You see, not only was I going through this internal struggle and this financial struggle, but so were a lot of my clients, right? They were, they were working for 10, 20, 30 years and they were going, they were going to lose everything. Some of them were losing everything, right? Or, or barely holding on. And so they're going through this financial struggle. And so uh, my manager at the time, Marcus and Millichap, brought in a gentleman to speak on this strategy called a deferred sales trust. And I'm going, what is this? And everyone else is saying, what is this? Our CPAs hadn't told, about it, told us about it. Our 1031 exchange companies that we were working with hadn't told us about it. And fast forward, uh, it basically taught us, he taught us how this could solve every challenge that our clients were facing and how it could get them on the sidelines and buy at optimal timing, how we can get them out of debt how it can have them uh, buy whenever they want with a brand new depreciation schedule. And so the plan was this, I'm going to roll it out to my clients and I'm going to hopefully change the lives of a lot of people here in Northern California. And so that's what I started to do. I started to roll it out and my business started to grow and I started to succeed. And, and fast forward over 10 years now, now our goal is to envision is to equip every single business professional, including commercial real estate operators, brokers, 1031 exchange companies on how this deferred sales trust works so they too can help their clients create and preserve more wealth. Cool. Awesome. I love the summary. Love the story. And, you know, I want to really dig into why this is a problem. I mean, folks out there, you know, we don't know whether they're familiar with the 1031 exchange, particularly as it relates to the time frame on there. So, you know, tell us a little bit about why this is such a problem because the 1031 exchange is a powerful tool, but it has some pretty major caveats too. Yes, absolutely. And it's really, there's three secrets here that I think uh, it'll give folks a good overview. And the first secret is selling and deferring hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars in capital gains tax, how to legally break free from capital gains tax and find freedom to buy and sell your business or property without ever worrying about a 1031 exchange ever again. Okay, so the 1031 exchange, your listeners know, you need to buy something equal or greater value, within, identify within 45 days, and then close 135 days later on that property. And with and when you do that, you defer the tax. But that's just one way of doing things, okay? And I want you to think about Blockbuster, Taylor, about five, 10 years ago when you used to go to Blockbuster, probably more like 10 years ago, right? And you used to rent that video right and you'd have to drive and park and you have to go in there and, and it's a friday night and you have your you have your vision for that movie that you want to see and you feel really good because you can see it at the end of the aisle and because the cardboard box is pressed out so you know the movie's behind there right and so as you're walking over to get that movie what happens 
oh no, just before you get there, someone kind of comes in front of you and they grab that same movie and you're like, oh no, you guys, your eyes meet because you're thinking the same thing. And then you go home without the movie. In the meantime, he gets the movie, he's happy, but what happens then? Well, then he has to rewind the movie, right? And then he has to take the movie out and return it within three days. And then he has to maybe get, you know, avoid a penalty. So that's kind of like the 1031 exchange. It's like the blockbuster, right? But guess what? There's a new way of doing things. It's called the deferred sales trust. Not to be confused with the Delaware statutory trust, but there's no time restrictions. You Meaning you don't have to go back into real estate within 180 days. Our parents taught us to sell high and buy low, Taylor. They didn't teach us to sell high and buy higher 180 days later. And too often, that's what the 1031 forces people to do. They let the tax tail wag the dog, and they end up overpaying in the same marketplace, okay? So this leads into my first story. We just closed a deal in Georgia, $7.6 million property for a gentleman who sold hundreds of properties. His name is Dave, personal client of mine. Well, a year prior to COVID-19 crash, he learned about the Deferred Sales Trust. But like most investors, they're used to their blockbuster ways, and they think that's going to be their, you know, their number one thing to go to. But he's in this deal, and he's in an exchange, and all of a sudden COVID-19 hits, and he's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to buy these 45 to 5% cap rate properties. I don't want to take on all this debt. I'd actually like to be on the sidelines and do what Brett's told me to do with the deferred sales trust and be liquid, diversified, tax deferred, and keep my powder dry for when the market shifts. And so for the first time in his 30 years of real estate ownership, you know, hundreds of properties, numerous 1031 exchanges, he used the deferred sales trust. And so um, that's really powerful for him because now he's just waiting on the sidelines and he thinks the deal is going to come in maybe three, six, 12 months. They may even take 24 months, as you probably know, in 08, the crisis, you know, the downturn of the market wasn't really maybe to 010 or 011 for real estate values, right? But in the meantime, if you were doing 1031 exchanges, you weren't able to really truly transform the market. You're just trading in the same market. So uh, that's the first thing, right? So we want to eliminate the need for the 1031 exchange. The second part about the 1031 exchange, it, it forces you to be in the same asset to class, okay? We believe there's a time to own real estate and there's a time to sell real estate. There's a time to maybe own some securities and a time to sell some securities. The key is owning at the optimal timing for each asset class. And that also leads uh, for a lot of baby boomers who are older. They're getting to the point, Taylor, where they want to sell and they want to be done with the toilets, the trash, and the liability. According to the American Bankers Association, there's about $17 trillion of assets that's going to pass from one generation to the next in the next 20 years. And this is known as the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet. I want you to think about that for a second. The largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet. And in fact, there's about 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day and about 77 million in the U.S. alone. And every single day, they're thinking about how do I retire? How do I get rid of the, the, the rent control laws, the, you know, especially in California? How do I get rid of the toilets, the trash, the liability, the termites? And how do I be done with this? Because I've made my wealth and I want to just enjoy it now. But how do I get out without getting clobbered by tax? And that tax is 30 to 50% of their gain with the depreciation recapture. So their goal here is to help them create this wealth plan, this exit plan that allows them to eliminate the need for the 1031 exchange, put it into non-like uh, kind assets, at least for the time period, wait on the sidelines and then purchase back at a discount. Okay. Uh, the Monday morning quarterback story, this is the greatest deferred sales trust story I think I've heard for a client that closed this. It wasn't actually my client, it was a partner of my client, but 12 years ago, uh, or sorry, 2006, he sold in Minnesota. This guy's worth uh, a lot of money and he sold a $20 million commercial real estate asset. But instead of 1031ing, he decided to use the deferred sales trust for the first time. And guess what? Five years later, he was able to buy the same property that he sold at 60 cents on the dollar because... <laughs> Because he didn't do a 1031. So this literally, you can do this, right? But people just don't know about it. So I'm going to pause there. I said a whole lot, but I hope you're catching uh, what I'm saying here.
Yeah. So I'm for listeners out there, I mean, I am way not knowledgeable on this topic of the deferred sales trust. So I may be asking uh, naive questions, but please bear with me. I'm trying to to learn the ropes here. But I mean, it's so it's completely separate from 1031 exchange. It's uh, you have the 1031 exchange strategy over here, and then the other side, uh, the deferred sales trust, and there are just separate strategies. It's not so much that you go into a 1031 exchange and then use the deferred sales trust as a strategy to, say, extend your time horizon, or can they be used as a hybrid, I guess? It's not a hybrid, right? So you got to kind of choose your path. Although we can save failed 1031 exchanges. We just saved two yesterday for a couple or two, two families, brothers, two brothers, and uh, they sold 3000 acres in uh, Lubbock, Texas area. And uh, they sold it for $5 million and they did a partial 1031 exchange and then did a partial deferred sales trust. You see, one of the other challenges with the 1031 is finding something equal or greater value, right? And so if you, which means equal or greater debt, but they found a nice deal for like, you know, one and a half million, but they didn't find it for the full five. And so for the rest of it, they were able to put it into the deferred sales trust. Okay. So just know that we can do it at close of escrow, or we could do it basically day 46 to day one. 181, we can save a failed 1031 exchange. And to, your, to answer your first question, yes, there's IRC section 1031, which is a part of the tax code. And there's IRC section 453, which is known as an installment sale. So a deferred sales trust is an installment sale, but kind of like an installment sale on steroids. It's a specialized installment sale. And this is what we execute at Capital Gains Tax Solutions with a third party trustee that's not related to, to the, the party selling. And they think of us like kind of like a 401k or a self-directed IRA in a sense. We're kind of like that. We're kind of like a 1031 exchange uh, intermediary. But the funds can sit there for as long as you want. And as they sit there, you're earning the interest, right? Not the QI company, right? And then when you go back into a deal, you have none of the time restrictions, Okay. And also you get a brand new depreciation schedule, which is really amazing too. We're doing a deal right now. Uh, well, in fact, we just closed a deal in Alabama for 2.6 million. And that gentleman, he had a zero basis and he was selling a business. Okay. So remember business, you cannot 1031 into real estate. It's non-like kind, but his vision was he wanted to launch his multifamily syndication and development business. Okay. He's, he's stuck in a business over here and, and two partners he wants to get away from and sell, but they're not selling the company. So he works a deal where they buy him out, but he was going to pay $600,000 of tax. And so for the first time ever, he learned about the deferred sales trust. He used it, moved it into the trust, saved $600,000. And now he's using those funds to build 80 units in Tennessee. And so it works every time. And it has for thousands of transactions over 25 years. The key is though, you need professionals to help you navigate this. It's not like simply setting up an LLC. Most of your CPAs will know about Section 453, but they're not trained in how this works. And so um, that's what we do. We, we actually train and equip, educate folks, and then connect them with the tax attorneys and law firm who have this proprietary structure, who have the Netflix, right? And get them all seamlessly running and going. So hopefully that makes sense. I think it does. I'd like to learn more about the actual structure of the Deferred Sales Trust. And you mentioned you're, you don't have a, a QI, say earning interest or anything, but like, where does the money go when it's in the deferred sales trust? Is it in an account? Like, what is it? And what is it? Is it money in a bank account? Or are you making an investment that's a placeholder, you know, I don't know, buying bonds or something like that? Like, tell us about that. 
Yeah, great question. So um, that's secret number two, optimal timing, transformational wealth plan cloning. So basically how to clone a proven wealth plan with capital gains tax solutions in less than five hours and become time, energy, and debt-free and uh, basically get your powder dry on the sidelines. So at close of escrow, only the net proceeds go into the trust. So for the $7.6 million deal we did in Georgia, he had $4.5 million of debt. So he paid that off and only $3.1 million went into the trust. So that's the first thing. You're debt-free, okay? And now you're sitting where? Well, the funds are at TD Ameritrade, the largest bank in the world, okay? And we use another bank that provides the escrow account for that, okay? Other Southern California, it's a $6 billion bank, and they make sure that the funds are always protected, never move without the note holder's signature. So, Taylor, if you were doing that deal, essentially, you become the lender, right? So, think of it, you're like the bank. It's like the bank of Taylor. So, you are now a bank, and you have lent the money to the trust, and this is how we, we do this installment sale mechanism. You carried 100% of the financing. And now the funds are invested based upon your own risk tolerance and your approval. And so, yes, yeah, so some will put it in stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Some will put it in hard money lending, right? But the best ones will put it back into real estate at the right time, right? And they'll just keep their powder dry and they'll just sit there. In fact, one of the financial uh, groups that we use to manage the money, they, in 2008, when the market was down 37.5%, they were only down 4.5%. You see, they had hedged and protected the funds, right? And their strategy, because they, they, they felt the market was due for a correction. The next year, they were up 25%. So the idea is to sell high, Taylor, put it into this trust, earn an interest rate. Typically, our, our rates are set at 8%. It's compounding. These are 10-year promissory notes. And now you're the lender, and you're just waiting, and you're scanning for deals, and you're being patient. And you might find a deal for a million and you go buy it all cash. You might find a deal for two million and you put a million dollars down and go buy that with financing. But you got a brand new depreciation schedule and you did whatever you want it to, okay? And then uh, some of them will live off ordinary interest payments, okay? And then you'll pay, you'll pay tax along the way in small chunks. Some will just keep it deferring and moving for a long time, which is really nice. But here's the key. We already have the plans laid out and we can literally just clone it. We just need a few pieces of information about what are your goals? What kind of lifestyle do you want to be in? And what's going to help you get there the fastest, right? And then we're going to compare and contrast the 1031 versus opportunity zones versus a CRT versus a Delaware statutory trust versus the deferred sales trust. And more often than not, more people are choosing the deferred sales trust because you have liquidity right now, diversification right now, you're out of debt and you got the the ability to just strike back into real estate when the deal makes sense. And so it's literally transforming the way everybody looks and sells real estate. It works for Bitcoin, works for highly appreciated stock. It works for private practices, veterinarians, dentists, optometrists. Um, it works for just about anything that's highly appreciated. Whereas the 1031, it only works for investment real estate. Okay. We just did a primary home sale in Cupertino, a $3.1 million sale. Primary home does not qualify for a 1031, but she was able to sell, get out of her house and defer around $380,000 of tax and start getting some cash flow off of those investments. So that is secret number two. Hopefully that answered your question. I think so. Um, now, one of the things that kind of strikes me here is, you know, I would guess that probably your, your typical client profile is pretty risk averse or they're, or they're really... I mean, risk averse is really what I'm getting at. They they're, they probably don't want to take a lot of risk with this capital that they want to put on the side. And whenever somebody says to me, 8% on, on anything, any kind of return, especially in this market, I wonder, what is that 8% backed by? You mentioned what the the funds might be earning when they're in uh, the, the deferred sales trust. So where's that 8% really coming from? Great question, Taylor. What's that like? It was your deal. So Taylor, where would you like to invest the funds? 
for me, if I'm thinking I'm risk averse, I mean, I like cash, although there's a uh, monetary risk. I, I think maybe precious metals, although they're very high right now, I would not be selling real estate and investing in the stock market. I mean, I don't know what's safe right now other than cash. Yep, you got it. So uh, the answer is yes to all of the above. In fact, I just did a deal, $1.4 million sale. And since COVID hit, they haven't put any money anywhere. They just put it in the bank. They were just like, I don't want to invest anything right now. Okay. Now in the meantime, it's not earning that 8%, right? Mm -hmm. And our 8% is over any 10 year period of time. And some years are going to be up 20. Some years are going to be down, down five. Some years are going to be up eight. Some years are going to be even, right? But over a 10 year period of time, what's unique about this trust is that's what we're going to try to earn net of all recurring fees and the thousands of closes they've been able to do that. But the answer to your question is, Diversification is the first thing, right? If I can take and help you achieve a high price in today's market for a property that you've maximized the value for, and then put you into cash and put you on the sidelines and put you into you know some precious metals and put you into some, some Netflix, some Costco, some Amazon, some really, really big, big companies, right? If you're gonna approve these, these investments, these allocations, let me give you another, another thing too. We work some of the, some of the guys from, I've heard of PIMCO, but PIMCO is one of the largest money managers in the world. And four of their five guys have joined the Deferred Sales Trust kind of inner team as far as overseeing investments and they're available to invest the funds. So we have some of the best financial advisors in the world. Now I'm with you. I'm, I'm a commercial real estate person by, by, um, uh, by my background and that's my first love cash flow. I just want you to be empowered to buy when you want to Taylor. Like we just want you to say, do you think it's a good time or do you think it's a bad time to, to be a buyer? Right. You figure that out. But in the meantime, let's park it. Let's get it diversified. Let's get it liquid to get you out of debt and let's get it uh, in a position where you can strike when the iron's hot. So it's very flexible and you can also turn on the spigot of income or turn off the spigot of income. We have all that. We just have to kind of get with you and, and map this thing out, which, which is your, your wealth plan, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does. Now, what are the big downsides of the 1031 exchange? You mentioned the uh, time restrictions to make another investment, which is a very important one. But I, I think also people get a little excited about it. It doesn't wipe out capital gains. It just kicks them down the road. And then there are options to wipe them out down the road, but it doesn't do, it doesn't wipe them out. Uh, with the deferred sales trust, are they, are the capital gains wiped out or are they deferred down the line? Deferred. So just like in 1031, they're deferred. The only thing you have that can potentially wipe out is the opportunity zones, right? And that's based upon kind of the new investments. That's over like a, a seven to 10 year period. You get some breaks there too. And so let's compare and contrast those real fast because I know you're, all your listeners are probably thinking about that too. So we think right now real estate is at some of the all-time highs and it's in a position where the plane is starting to run out of juice, right? And potentially it's going to be some downturns coming here, right? And that may take a year or two to really flush out. We just think when is the best time to buy and buy when that makes sense, okay? So opportunity zones, we have one of those that we're working on with one of our strategic alliances and they can make sense. Just make sure that the deal intrinsically makes sense. You're not just buying on the opportunity zones. The deferred sales trust at 1031, right? You're looking to defer, defer, defer. 1031, as it stands right now, you can get the stepped up basis. The deferred sales trust, you don't get a stepped up basis, but you can pass it to your kids. But here's the key. You get a brand new depreciation schedule. So if you own real estate, for example, multifamily, you have 27 and a half years to depreciate. So let's say you own a $10 million asset and you fully depreciate all of that cash flow that was coming in that you were offsetting. Now you can't offset that. So that's the flip side to the deferred sales trust. You get a brand new depreciation schedule. So the point of this is each of them have their pros and cons, right? 
And the key is we believe that uh, as long as you can keep the money tax deferred, keep the money growing for you, if we can earn any 7% amount and let it compound over 10 years, we can double that amount. So let's imagine you're selling a $3 million property and you owed a million in tax. Well, if we can park into the deferred sales trust, Either you live off the 7%, but even better, if you let it compound, that $3 million will turn into $6 million in 10 years. That's pretty sweet, right? And uh, so the, the key is uh, we're going we're gonna to make a tax-optimized plan. Hopefully, we're going to also go buy a piece of real estate later on at a discount and then do cost segregation on that and start to wipe out a lot of this as you bring it forth. So, so it all depends. It's, really, it's, it's not a simple answer, Taylor. We're going we're gonna to have to take you down a path and, but the key is let's keep it deferred so that uh, you can earn interest off it for as long as you'd like. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's a little, a uh, little complicated. I'm trying to make sure I'm, I'm wrapping my mind around it. So, I mean, if, if someone is interested in going down this route or they think they have a sale, they want to use the deferred sales trust for, you said you rescue failed 1031s, which is great, but that's probably not the ideal situation. So if somebody wants to get ready, consider using one of these uh, for themselves. Like what's a typical startup time or amount of time it takes somebody to kind of get educated on this and understand what the requirements are to pulling the trigger? Yeah, we, we really want to educate you now, right? And get you, get you comfortable because timing is of the essence. We need to do this before close of escrow for anything that's not a commercial real estate property. So if you're selling a dentist practice or your, your veterinarian selling your practice or you're selling, you know, Bitcoin or highly appreciated stock or a primary home, you're selling anything like that. We need to do it before close of escrow. Okay. But if you're going to be selling a piece of property, we can do it at uh, investment property. You can do it at close of escrow, or if you work with an exchange company that we work with that, that gives you both options, then you can have the deferred sales trust as either as a backup plan or an alternative in case your exchange fails. Okay. So timing is of the essence. You want to go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. You want to get on our mailing list. You want to get access. If you're a business professional, we have coaching. We think this is like the 1031 was 15, 20 years ago when not a lot of people knew about it. And then everyone knew about it and now everyone knows it, right? So the same thing here. You want to first vet us, look at our track record, right? Look at the people we work with, look at the deals we've closed. And once you vet that, yeah, this is a legitimate option. Great. I have the 1031. I have Opportunity Zone. I have the Deferred Sales Trust. I have a Delaware Statutory Trust. Now it's just a matter of when you sell your asset, which option is best for you. Again, 1031 only works for investment property. But according to the American Bankers Association, Taylor, and this is actually coming from the syndicator's point of view, there's 50% of America's net worth is tied into high-end primary homes, private equity businesses, and commercial real estate. Hmm. So two of those three do not qualify for the 1031. But guess what? The Deferred Sales Trust does, okay? So we can sell, move into the Deferred Sales Trust, and then they can use those funds to go back into real estate. So that's the power of this as a way to attract capital, right? And as a way also for carried interest when you go to sell your assets, right? I don't know what you do now, Taylor, but a lot of the syndicators before they meet with us, they all just all go their separate ways and everyone pays their tax. But let's imagine your gain was a million dollars, Taylor, and you go, well, I, want, I don't want to pay that. Why don't you do a deferred <laughs> sales trust, Taylor? And you're like, okay, sweet. I can do a deferred sales trust. Yep. And then can you put it back into your next syndication? Yes, you can, right? Now, your other investors have $50,000, $100,000. It's too small of a deal. So we would say it needs to be at least $500,000 of equity. So if it's smaller than that, then it's too small. Our fees eat up the savings. But everyone else, the math just works. So um, any questions there? Does that answer the question? 
Yeah, I mean, you definitely answered a, a question that I had uh, chambered for you was at what point uh, in terms of either equity or gain, does it make sense to look at this above that? And then below that, you want to do something else. And you said- Yeah, so the liability is 100,000, just so you know. So if you're going to write a check for 100,000 or, or, or more, then, then you pass step number one. So that typically takes about- call it 350,000 of gains, depending on the state you're in and the depreciation recapture, okay? Now, the equity net of all closing costs, net of debt needs to be about 500,000 or more. And we're, we're quickly gonna actually be raising those up to about 200 and a million, okay? Now, if you have a couple deals, you know, you can also sell, let's say you had 10 houses, you can slowly sell one house at a time and, and consolidate into this one trust. And then you have this big pile of money, you can go buy that one big property too, which is pretty cool. Um, if you have a business you're selling and an investment property and a primary home and you can sell each of them and move it to the one trust, right? And consolidate here. So there's a lot of ways that this Swiss army knife can work for you. You just need to get with us early, get educated, bring in your trusted advisors. We want their blessing, but realize that a lot of them don't know about this, right? They just don't get it. They don't know it. But if you bring them in, we'll educate them and they'll get their blessing. We have thousands of business professionals now across the U.S. and financial advisors. Well, in fact, one of the one of the most prolific deals is the financial advisor who sold his own practice for 35 years. He had been uh, practicing uh, as a financial advisor. He knew about all kinds of tax strategies, but he didn't know about the deferred sales trust. And then he learned about it and he goes, oh my gosh. I can actually use this for the sale of my business. So he sold his financial practice, used the deferred sales trust. But before so, he was like, this got to be too good to be true. I've never heard of this. But he had an ace in, this, in his pocket because his wife was a treasury attorney for the secretary of treasury, a G G15, one of the highest ranking attorneys in the government. And she'd also been on the part of the IRS audits for other corporations. You know, they had beat corporations out who were, you know, doing some different tax things, right? So he says, look, honey, I won't do this unless you say yes. I told you in the beginning of my marriage, I'll never do something you say no to. But if this actually works, I can literally retire today and save 10 to 15 years of my working life and just spend it time with you and the grandkids. So he's living in Southern California and he says he'll never forget it. He goes within 48 hours, she comes back in from home from work and she throws the papers on the desk and says, it's legit. And he goes, those two words changed my life, Brett. He goes, I wanted it to be true. But then she actually verifies. I go, who'd you call? She goes, I know exactly who to call. They know exactly what it is. Um, it's faced 15 no-change IRS audits, not one single change with any of the audits, thousands of closes. It works because it's just an installment sale. So he goes, I sold my practice within 90 days. I've been retired now. He moved, he moved to the Midwest and he's like, I've never been happier. I'm so glad I did that. And that was 12 years ago. Wow. That's a great story. That's, that's fantastic. I love it. And uh, sounds like a great strategy that it's interesting to hear your perspective on you think it's going to be the next big thing. Just people don't know about it yet. Whereas people didn't know about 1031 exchanges 15 years ago or so. You got it. Netflix versus Blockbuster, Airbnb versus traditional hotels, Uber versus taxis, right? The whole market is shifting and you have to be innovative. And also, by the way, Joe Biden announced that he wants to take away the 1031 exchange. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's okay? true. Or limit it, right? So what is your, what's your alternative? We'll be the number one game in town, right? That we believe if he happens. Now, I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope they keep it. You know, we believe it's, 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 a, it's a vital tool for keeping more and more investors incentivized to, to build more properties and invest more anyways. But that being said, you need a backup plan. You needed an alternative. By the way, it doesn't cost you anything unless you use the trust. Okay. So we'll do, we'll provide you, equip you. 
if you're a business professional, we have some coaching. So you'll, there, there is some cost there. But if you're just a owner who's looking, we'll get you all equipped. If you don't use it for any reason, no problem. You don't owe us anything. You, you can just go to our website and capitalgainstaxsolutions.com and get and learn more. Nice. I love that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Brett, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Ready. All right, great. First one, what's the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Yeah, the best investment I've ever made was for a 50% built uh, 2010 a half-built retail center in Arizona. I actually sourced the deal, mainly a broker at the time, still learning about the Deferred Sales Trust, but it was like buying mode. Like there wasn't a lot of DSTs because a lot of people are losing everything, right? Not a lot of gain. And so I found the deal. I brought it to a business partner of mine. He bought the deal, bought it for $3 million, put in uh, $2 million. So now we're in it for five, and then uh, sold it for, I think it was seven, 7.1, all within 13 months. Wow. That's quick. Yeah. It was a huge gain and an amazing deal. And so that was, that was the best deal uh, uh, I've been able to do so far. Nice. I love that. On the other side of that, we had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Sure. So, uh, well, it, it kind of remains to be seen. We'll see if it's a comeback, but um, <laughs> with, with the big and the Bitcoin uh, crazy and the craziness, you know, I jumped in and I think I threw in like, like 25,000 bucks. Right. And so I think I started with like 19 and I went to like 25 and I increased a little bit more. And I think it dropped all the way to like three, you know oh what boy. I mean? Like lost everything, but now it's, it's on its way back, which is kind of interesting, you know? So I would say that was, uh, was the worst, but if it, but talk to me in another year, I'll see how this whole thing shakes out. <laughs> Good. Third question. My favorite one at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Uh, the most important um, lesson I've learned in business and investing is to learn to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. If you work on your, your job, you'll make a living and that's fine. But if you work harder on yourself, you'll make a fortune. And the idea is to become everything you were created to be. I believe we're all been given certain God-given gifts to bless other people. And as a part of that, you want to develop more than just your career, your finance, or your real estate knowledge. You actually want to develop your personal relationship with God, your personal relationship with your spouse, you know, your leadership, your personal development, your finances, of course, your career, your education, right? These major areas of your life, your health. Um, and as you do that and become more of who you're created to be, you can help more people. And naturally, you're just going to to earn more as you become more. So the major value in life is for a goal is not to set it for what you get. The major value in life for a goal is to, for what it makes of you to become, to accomplish that. Uh, you know, so to become a millionaire is not the goal to get the million bucks. It's what it's going to make of me to become that millionaire, if that makes sense. I think it does. I think it does. That's deep. I love that. Well, thank you for bringing this to us today. It's, it's going to be a lot to chew on, and I definitely hope that it does become the next big thing. For those out there who want to get in touch with you, want to learn more, where can they find you? Go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. You can also, if you're a business professional, you can go to experttaxsecrets.com. And business professionals are luxury realtors. They are commercial real estate syndicators and operators and brokers and business brokers, financial advisors. And then if you're just someone who's selling a piece of property or an asset, then you can go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. You can also search us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Bigger Pockets, all of those. Um, as we also have our podcast too. We launched Capital Gains Tax Solutions podcast. You can check that out as well. Nice.
That's great. Well, thanks once again for joining us today. It's a great option, a great piece of information that folks aren't talking about. And that's very surprising. And I'm glad you brought it to us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week. We'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.